the sum of the Christian life is taking your cues only from God. Hello everyone, it's Monday morning. I think today's episode will be relatively short as our verses just begin to be more complicated here. So we're going to take smaller chunks, go a little slower, and see where that takes us. So today we're in Romans 8, verses 3 and 4. For God has done with the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There's one big translation issue here that we need to figure out. When it says that he sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, one way to translate that might be for as a sin offering. I want to read you this other translation here. It's not a translation that many of you would have. Uh, William Mounts. And I want to read verse 3 and 4 to you real quick here. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God, by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as a sin offering, condemned sin in the flesh, so that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. What we've seen so far in Romans is that we want to be on our own and self-sustaining. I'm reminded of when my brothers and I would draw all sorts of different things. We'd like to draw houses with everything in them that they would need, with little energy sources that were sustainable and uh, magic, uh, it seems, as I look back. Or we'd have vehicles that could go anywhere in the world and only needed one fueling from our magical energy source at home. Our daydreams, as I look back to me now, uh, seem like Jules Verne's tale, uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Captain Nemo invented a fuel source, I think it was based on hydrogen or something, I can't remember now as I think back, but I know that in the book he has an unlimited supply basically of electricity and he uses this electricity to propel the submarine underneath the sea and do all sorts of other things. It renews his oxygen in the ship and he never has to resurface. Well, that's kind of the way we see ourselves as humans. We want to be completely self-sustaining. But this text tells us otherwise. The law could not do what we wanted it to do. We wanted to either make up our own law and have it be our righteousness, or try to adhere to God's law as well as we can and let that be our righteousness within us. But we've seen in Romans that is not the case. We cannot produce righteousness. The law was weakened through our flesh. There was nothing wrong with the law. It was our desires and the way we lived that sullied us. But God did what the law could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, the way we looked, he looked. And as a sin offering, to purify and pay for our sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. This is one of the best verses in the Bible. I say that every time, but 
Romans keeps getting better with each step up the mountain of Scripture. Here in Romans 8, we can see better who God is from this height. God did what the law could not do through his only Son. And he condemned our sin in the flesh, not in our flesh where the condemnation was. He did not lay that damnation upon us. He laid it upon the sin offering, the likeness of our flesh, his own Son. Verse 4 sums it up for us. So that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Those who once were in the likeness of that sinful flesh, that was damned. But the righteousness now is in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So it's kind of the question today. Where do we get our energy? And without sparking a debate here, there's two sides. We either need more green energy and better, efficient homes and work and cities, or we just need to keep doing what we're doing. And there's people in between there that are trying to say both at the same time, but just better than the left and the right say them. But the only solution, ultimately, is to get rid of humanity. Humans take up resources. No matter what we do, we're digging in the ground for precious things. We're eating other things. We're stomping on the green grass and building skyscrapers. There is no way to completely make our planet clean. We were made to subdue it, and we were made to take care of it. And we're failing miserably because we live in a sinful world and we are sinful. So where do we get our energy? Do we just lay down and give up? Do we get rid of humanity? It seems to me that if we lived exactly how we wanted to for the ease of the moment on either side, we would get rid of humanity inevitably. If we just used whatever pesticides and chemicals we wanted to to take care of our gardens or or make our lives easier, it would poison our planet. But if we wanted to stop using energy altogether, we would be back in the dark ages and it would be very difficult to live. The analogy breaks down at some point here, but we need green righteousness. We can't do it on our own. We need that magical solution. We want comfortable lives with nice, clean electric light where you switch on the switch and there's, there's light in your room instantaneously. We don't want to have to go back out and kill whales and harvest the oil out of them to light our lamps, which is what we used to do. We need a new solution is what everybody is saying, and we're scrambling to figure it out. Well, here in this text, we see how God does that for our hearts. We cannot solve it ourselves. We need to turn to God for green righteousness. It's a magic solution. We can't do it ourselves. We cannot conserve any more righteousness. Because our righteousness, our best righteous deeds, are, as Paul says, filthy rags. And any production of energy, any production of our righteousness, is not pure. It is not clean. And it's a failure on our part to make our world better. We must rely on the one true source of joy and righteousness, 
God's only Son, who took on all of our problems for us and bore it in himself. So on one hand, I don't have the answer for our environmental debate. If I did, then I would be a billionaire and I wouldn't have to worry about anything. But on the other hand, I know what each human being needs desperately. We need to know that we cannot do it on our own, and we need to know that trusting in Jesus is the only way for peace and life and hope and joy, so that no matter what happens here on earth, whether we destroy the world or destroy ourselves in trying to make ourselves better, we we have Christ. That's what we need, and that's what we need to pursue. Maybe my my uh, environmental analogy isn't very helpful, especially with the political nature of it, but I hope it, it explained a little bit of how we desire to solve our problems on our own and how that never works out for sinful people. Let's pray together. Father, we know that we need your spirit. In order to live a life that is fulfilling and purposeful, we need you. So Father, help us to conduct our life in the light of your spirit, which is in us by the power of your gospel. It is not in us to make the right decisions, but you have indeed filled us with the power of your Son. That's what it says in Romans 1.16. Your gospel is powerful to save all who sin. So as we step out into the world, guide us, make us look more like you, and make us trust in you to the uttermost. Amen.